Hi, and welcome to Orphan Entertainment, the podcast dedicated to public domain and abandoned media. This is Christopher, and I'm all by myself this month. Liddy and I were planning on covering 1931's pre-code comedy, The Front Page, but some unforeseen scheduling conflicts on both sides kept us from putting together a show. So coming in March, The Front Page. For February, I was hoping, in light that it was the 80th anniversary of Lee Falk's The Phantom, that I could bring you some radio programs with The Ghost Who Walks. But as far as I can tell, radio is surprisingly the one outlet that The Phantom never appeared in. Well, since we can't have a vigilante in purple, I found a vigilante in blue, the Blue Beetle. Before we get into that, though, I do want to remind everybody that they can send any kind of feedback or comments about the show to orphanentertainment at gmail.com, or you can join our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com and search for Orphan Entertainment. Subscribe through iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Both places are a fantastic place to get our little show. And, of course, the YouTube channel, which is a great place for you to find all the movies that we have covered thus far and in the future. Uh, Lots of subscribers still every day. Really appreciate it. I'm going to play a little promo here, and we come back. I'm going to introduce you to the Blue Beetle. The Flash Pulp Podcast. Three to ten minutes of fiction brought to you thrice weekly. Now it's three, three, three apocalypses in one. Suffering from tough, stuck-on humans? Well, 20 hellish hours of suffocation in the all-encompassing web of Carwick the Spider God will get them right out. Too many brains lying around? The ravenous mouths surrounding zombie-fighting Ruby will quickly clean those up. Nosy neighbors? Infect them with the murder plague and watch as they dissolve into paranoid maniacs bent on the preemptive assassination of their friends and family. Why stop at one end of the world when you can have all three? You can find them all at flashpulp.com or search for them on iTunes. Beetle first appeared in Fox Comics' Mystery Men comics, number one, in 1939. In these early comics, Dan Garrett, a rookie police officer, dons a blue chainmail bulletproof suit and takes Vitamin 2X, which endows him with super energy. Both of these created by a friend and mentor, as well as neighborhood pharmacist, Dr. Franz. His calling card was a small beetle-shaped marker that he'd leave behind to alert criminals that he was onto them in hopes that the fear of his crime-fighting skills would be a weapon against them. His more physical weapons was a trusty revolver and at least one radio adventure, a magic ray. The first radio show aired on the CBS network in the summer of 1940. Screen and voice actor Frank Lovejoy voiced the character for the first 13 stories, but for some reason an uncredited actor took over after that. The show stayed fairly faithful to the popular comics, but failed to really gain its own audience. It only ran for about four months. The character of the Blue Beetle lived on in comics and has gone through many changes, such as leaving behind the Vitamin 2X and gaining the power, his powers from a sacred scarab, 
And the moniker has flipped from Dan Garrett to Ted Cord, and finally to the current holder of the now-alien artifact scarab, Jamie Rees. And he's made the jump to the animated world in Batman Brave and the Bold and Young Justice, and even live action in Smallville. Rumors and speculation abound as to when, not if, he will appear again. So here from 1940, the first show I have for you, Dan Garrett uses his armor and crime-finding abilities to break up a dope ring terrorizing the city in Drug Ring. Then a fishy tale of a poisonous sea serpent troubling a seaside tourist spot in Sea Serpent. I hope you enjoy. upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. The mysterious, all-powerful character with a problem to the police. A crusader for law. In reality, Dan Garrett, a rookie patrolman, loved by everyone but suspected by none of being the Blue Beetle. As the Blue Beetle, he hides behind a strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue chain armor, flexible as silk, but stronger than steel. Today's episode of the Blue Beetle sends the Blue Beetle swooping down on a group of powerful underworld characters whose racket is dope. Will he be able to ferret them out? Can he hope to cope with this mysterious ring of ruthless men single-handed? Can he discover their leader and bring him to justice? As our story opens, our hero, Dan Garrett is visiting his friend and secret advisor, Dr. Franz, who operates a little apothecary shop in one of the great city's side streets. He is restlessly pacing the floor in Dr. Franz's living room. Look, Doc, why does there have to be so much red tape in police work? Well, Danny, every organization has to have rules and regulations. That makes for efficiency. Yes, but the criminals and the crooks we're set to catch aren't bound up in rules and regulations. You know, I like police work, but I also crave action. You seem to get plenty of it as the Blue Beetle. I worry about you, Danny. The terrible risks you take. These crooks and gangsters are vicious, cold-blooded killers. They'd have no mercy on you if they caught you. I can take care of myself. Besides that suit of blue chain armor you made me and that mask are a great protection. I hope they never catch you without it. Or ever discover who the Blue Beetle really is. I'm afraid it would mean the end of Patrolman Dan Garrett. Well, after all, Doc, you're the only one who knows... Even Mannequin is always saying what he'd do if he caught the Blue Beetle. Mm, uh, he's the officer on the beat next to yours, isn't he? Yes, he was my father's pal. I see. He got me on the police force after my father was killed by a gangster's bullet. And uh, doesn't he suspect at all? No, he doesn't. He's a good cop, but he's not very heavy above the ears. But, uh, what's that newsboy crying about? Something about a movie star committing suicide. Wait, I'll go get a paper. Read all about it, actually. Hey, look at this, Doc. Sandra Beaumont, the movie actress, committed suicide last night. The paper says she left a note on a dressing table which said, Dope has become my master. No longer can I live without it. This is the end. Let my fate be a warning to all. What do you think of that, Doc? I think it's tragic, Danny. So do I. 
I'm going to do something about that dope racket right now. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going to ask the commissioner to put me on special assignment to try and uncover the leaders of that dope ring in this city. Oh, you'd better be careful, Dan. They'll stop at nothing. Well, I can't uncover them as Patrolman Dan Garrett. I'll get them as the Blue Beetle. As our next scene opens, Patrolman Dan Garrett, Mike Manigan, and Charlie Storm, ace reporter of the York City Sun, are standing on the corner watching a hotel suspected of being the Dope Ring's headquarters. Uh-huh. That's the place, all right. Somebody tipped off my paper. Why don't we go in and raid the place? What, just the two of us? Sure. Don't be silly. We've got no evidence. The commissioner wants evidence. That's our job. To watch everybody that goes in and comes out of that place. Me? I like action. So do I. Hey, look. Where? That shabbily dressed man there. He just came out of that side entrance and gave a cigarette to that kid standing there. So what? Looks like the kid gave him some money for it. He's a dope peddler. He's selling dope cigarettes, marijuana. Marijuana? Boy, here's where I make a pinch. Hey, you there. I want to talk to you. Come on, get me, Oh, yeah? You got to travel fast to get away from me, brother. Go get him, Danny. I'll signal Clancy on the next beat. He'll head him off at the intersection. Look, Danny's diving for him. He's got him. Boy, that was a flying tackle. Uh -huh. You're what? Hey, look. That car there. There's a machine gun. Look out, Danny! I'm going to take a shot with my revolver as they pass. Yeah. Duck down behind those ashes, Johnny. I'm already done. Missed him, but got it. Did you get the license number of that car she passed? Yep. CB83725. It's probably a stolen car. Hey, what about Dan and the dope peddler? Those murderers get him? Looks like it. They're both stretched out in the street. You phone for the ambulance while I have a look. Okay. I'll phone my paper at the same time. Boy, what a story. Come on now. Come on here. Break it up. Break it up, Dan. Give him air. Hey, let's have a look at him. Huh. Oh, they sure got this guy. He looks like a sieve. Sure, and he'll never sell no more dope cigarettes to kids. He's dead. Yeah, he's dead. Look at the blood, will you? Show yeah, him? look at that it. That guy here looks like he's dead, too. Danny. Danny. It's Mannigan. Uh, how are you doing, Danny? What happened? Where's the dope peddler? He's dead. You tackled him and some trigger men in a car machine gun you both. Oh, I remember now. I saw the car coming. Are you bad hurt? I don't know. I can't feel much. I'm numb all over. Well, here's the ambulance. Uh, you'll get a swell ride to the hospital, Danny, and maybe a citation from the commissioner for bravery in action. Now, what's the verdict, Doctor? Will Patrolman Dan Garrett live? Well, it's very doubtful, Commissioner. An operation is necessary to remove the bullet. What? He's so weak from loss of blood. Yeah, that that's doubtful. tough. He's one of my best men. Due for promotion soon. A message for you, Doctor. Oh, thank you. Pardon me, Commissioner. Yes, sir. Mm. Well, this should be interesting to you, Commissioner. Read it. Yeah, let me see. If my blood is the right type, I would like to volunteer as a blood donor for the brave Officer Garrett. Why, this is signed by my daughter. Precisely. She's convalescing here from her accident. Well, she's almost recovered, Commissioner. Yes, but, Doctor, is she strong enough? I think so. Then by all means, let her do it. I'm fond as well as proud of Dan Garrett. He's a fine boy, like his dad before him. 
It'll also make my daughter very happy. I have a sneaking suspicion she likes young Garrett. The commissioner daughter's Mary's blood proved to be the right type and the transfusion was performed. Later, Danny was operated upon and a machine gun bullet removed from his abdomen. For days, he hovered between life and death. Then one night, when all was quiet, a strange man slipped by the nurse and stood beside Dan's bed. Dan? Dan Garrett? Who is it? Who's calling Dan Garrett? It is I, Dr. Franz, your friend. I've got something for you. Hello, Doc. Now listen, Danny. I want you to take this capsule. It's my secret 2X formula. It will bring you a speedy recovery. Sure. I'm positive. My formula will save your life. Restore you to health in 24 hours. It will also give you greater vitality, keener eyesight, almost superhuman mentality, and it will give you abnormal strength. You will be a tough hombre when you get out of here. Well, give it to me. I've got to get out of here. There's important work to be done, and I've got to do it. to the surprise of everyone, Dan Garrett was completely recovered. From Mike Manigan and Mary Donnelly, the commissioner's daughter who came to visit him, he learned that the commissioner had ordered extensive raids on all opium dens in the city. At one place, they told him, the police had been blown to bits by dynamite planted by the dope ring before they fled. Dan insisted on being released from the hospital and restored to duty. By mid-afternoon, he's back on his beat, fully recovered to health and strength by Dr. Franz's magic formula. That night, he visits the little apothecary shop of Dr. Franz. Hello, Doc. Hello, hello, Danny. Well, my 2X formula worked, didn't it? It sure did. Hey, have a look at this. Hmm, that bullet, huh? Yeah, that came out of me. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's have a look at it under the microscope. Uh, wait till I close up shop. Uh, pull down the shades, will you, while I lock the door? All right. There. Now. Now we'll just give this bullet the once-over under the microscope. Hmm. 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 Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. What is it, Doc? Have you got something? I think so. This bullet was fired from a show show. A show show? What's that? Why, that's what the soldiers in the last World War called a certain type of French machine gun because they couldn't pronounce the real name. Boy, that ought to be easy to trace. There can't be many of those in this town. Got any ideas? Well, uh, there's a French novelist by the name of Philip Radin who collects interesting firearms as a hobby. He might know something about this gun. Out into the night went Dan Garrett on the trail of the murder gun. But a change, Dan Garrett. No longer is he in the blue uniform of the city's finest. He wears blue... But it's the blue chain armor of the Blue Beetle. The Blue Beetle! Drop that gun, Raiden. I've got you covered. It's no use, Raiden. Your bullet can't pierce this chain armor I'm wearing. I'm sorry to be so rough, Raiden. I wanted that gun of yours. Now pick yourself up. That's better. I see you recognize my little calling card. The sound of my magic ray machine and the little beetle always signifies the presence of the blue beetle. You 
You frightened me, monsieur. I fired for nervousness. I had no desire to injure the blue people. I see. Oui, monsieur. Uh, what is it you desire? I understand you have an interesting collection of firearms. You uh, make the hobby of collecting unusual firearms, monsieur. Do you own a show-show automatic machine gun? Oui, monsieur. You have the only one in the city, I believe. Oh, perhaps, monsieur. I, I do not know. I'd like to see it. Certainly, monsieur. Right uh, this way. And no funny business, monsieur. I am not in the mood for uh, what you call these uh, funny business. Good. Now, here you are, monsieur. This is the gun cabinet. The show uh, show, she is. Monsieur, she is gone. Gone? Oui, monsieur. Always she is here in this place. Come on, Raiden. Your pretended surprise sounds funny to me. I Cut it out, Quincy. Maybe you're on the level then again, maybe you're not. I'll just dust this door for fingerprints and take a photograph. Now, you stand over there and don't make any false moves. Now, let me see. A little here. Some more here. Several fingerprints. Some of them yours, of course. Bring that floor lamp over here while I photograph it. Now, hold it steady. That's right. Oh. That's got it. You find something? Maybe yes and maybe no. Now, you get this straight, Redden. You want to finish that novel or whatever you were typing when I came in? Just forget you ever saw the Blue Beetle. Well, I assure you, monsieur, I, I have no wish Good. to Good. Be... If you're on the level, you're safe. If you're not, well, the next time you meet the Blue Beetle, it'll be just too bad. Whom will the Blue Beetle call upon next? Whose fingerprints were on the doors of the gun case? Is Radon, the French novelist, a member of the dope ring? Let's look in on police headquarters. The time is close to midnight. Manigan is holding down the desk while the sergeant is out for a bite to eat. <laughs> sure, and I wish the sergeant would get back. I'd like me little trundle bed and some short eye. <laughs> Take it easy, Manigan. You won't get hurt. You always wanted to meet the blue beetle. Well, here he is. No use to struggle. The blue beetle is stronger than you are. I'll just stuff this handkerchief in your mouth and then tie you up. And I'll carry you into the room where you keep the fingerprint files. There you are. Now, over my shoulder you go up the taxi. Here we are. Now, just lie there like a good little boy. I want to examine these files. Type 27B, 28B, 29, 30, 31B. Yes, that looks like it. Fingerprints of Joe Bugs Magotti, and here's his photograph. Yes, Mr. Bugs Magotti, those are your fingerprints, all right. You're the guy that stole that murder gun. Well, Mr. Bugs McGotty, you're going to get nipped by the Blue Beetle and nipped hard. Reach for the ceiling, Mr. Blue Beetle. Ah, the beautiful daughter of the police commissioner. Don't move. I'll shoot if you do. I have no intention of moving unless it's to step within the aura of such a charming person as yourself, Miss Dunley. What are you doing here? And why is your gag been tied up Officer Manigan there? I'm here to obtain evidence against the opium gang your father is trying to round up. I tied up Officer Manigan there to prevent his interfering. Why didn't you enlist his aid? After all, he's working on this case. The Blue Beetle works alone. But how do I know you're working for rather than against my father? 
Well, if my charming captor will lower that toy revolver which she's holding in an untoo-steady hand, the Blue Beetle will tell her something to gladden her father's heart. Very well. But don't try any tricks. Not a trick, my dear young lady. Now listen. I promise you that before daylight, your father will have the opium gang under lock and key, together with enough evidence to convict them. How do I know you'll keep your promise? Let this seal my promise. Oh. Good night, my sweet. I'd like to linger after that kiss, but the Blue Beetle has a duty to perform. Take me with you, Blue Beetle. Let me stand by your side when you... He's gone. Maybe to die alone. No, I can't let him. I must help him. I must, I must. Like a bloodhound on the trail once he gets the scent, the Blue Beetle sped on his mission. And like the bloodhound, he'll never let up till he runs his quarry to earth. But close on his heels goes the commissioner's daughter, determined to have a part in the roundup of the nefarious gang of dope peddlers. Little did she know that close behind, as she hurried down the darkened street, a car was slowly following her. There she goes. That's the commissioner's girl. Let's never know. Wait. Wait till she passes that streetlight. Now. Out you go. Make it snappy and keep it quiet. Okay, boss. Uh, excuse me, lady. What? I... Who are you? Grab her. Come on. Oh, let me go. Right, oh, let take... Here's the car. Oh, I'll stick this gag in her mouth. Now open the door. We got it, boys. Right, come on in. Uh, the commissioner will pay big dough to get his darling daughter back alive. <laughs> the hideout of the dope ring? Will he be able to collect enough evidence to convict them? Through the silent night down by the waterfront, two powerful cars are speeding along. The first car is full of men, hard-looking men, desperate men, killers all. But who is this lone occupant of the second car? Ah, yes, it is the Blue Beetle. That looks like the car that passed me the day I was machine gunned. I'll just follow her. It may lead me to the dope peddler's hangout. They suspect me. They've got a machine gun pointing out of the rear. There it goes. I better give them a ruffle with my synchronized machine gun before they shoot away my windshield. Super shatterproof glass is good, but I don't know how good. All right, you rats. How do you like this? I must have got that driver. Their car's zigzagging. Oh, now they're speeding up. Well, here we go again. They're slowing down. They're turning into that warehouse. That's my gang, all right. Just the spot I was headed for. Now, Mr. Bugs Magotti, for the final showdown. <laughs> Closing the iron doors of the warehouse. I'll soon blast them open those special bombs Dr. Franz made for me. All right, you mugs, don't close that door. I'll blow you all the kingdom come. What's he got in his hand? That's a bomb. Oh, really? Go ahead, Joe Magotti. Go ahead and shoot. I recognize you. Your bullets can't hurt the blue beetle. <laughs> what did I tell you? Now it's my turn. Here goes your door. And I'm coming right in and mop up. <laughs> Here I come. You better drop your guns or I'll let you have another bomb. Yes, yeah. This is for putting in front of us. Right to the shield. Okay, white guy, blue beetle. 
Fuck your little bomb and blow the police commissioner's daughter to kingdom come along with us. They've got Mary Donnelly. Stop bluffing, McGotty. You can't fool me. She's not the commissioner's daughter. She's one of your mob and she goes with you. I'll give you three seconds to drop your gun. One. Two. Okay, Bill You win. Now release the commissioner's daughter. And get those hands up. That's more like it. Now, Miss Donnelly, here's some handcuffs. Slip them on those gangsters and bring me their guns. All right. That's better. Now, Miss Donnelly, you keep those men covered while I have a look around. That's a nice collection of dope you've got in these cans here. Here comes the law. Wait until the D.A. gets through with you. There'll be a few less criminals in this world. Blue Beetle, you saved my life. These men were holding me for ransom. My father will reward you handsomely. The Blue Beetle seeks no reward, Miss Donnelly. He seeks only justice. Justice for the underdog and safety for the citizens of this great city. Now, you take this gun and keep those mugs covered. The police will be here any minute. I have no desire to meet them. But who are you? Please tell me. I can only tell you this. I'm the man who kissed you twice in one night. Oh. My respect to your father, Miss Donnelly. Tell him the Blue Beetle will always be at his service and running down criminals of all kinds. Away in his fast motor car sped the Blue Beetle, leaving the Commissioner's daughter on guard over Bugs McGarty and his band of criminals. But close behind him speeds another car, a police car. Will the Blue Beetle be overtaken and unmasked? Ahead, a stoplight is changing from green to red. Will the Blue Beetle defy the traffic regulations to avoid discovery? Or will he obey the rules of safe driving? Mr. Blue Beetle himself. I've been following you for a mile. I thought I'd catch you at this stoplight. Come on, me bucko. I'll ride the running board back to the police station. And no funny business or I'll blow your brains out. So it's you again, Officer Manigan. I'd love to take you for a ride. No, no, not of that. It's me that's taking you for a ride. I saw you drive out of that warehouse back there. So you were in with those dope peddlers. That's nice figuring, Officer Manigan. It'll be Detective Manigan after I turn you in. Now get going, Mr. Blue Beetle. bad, Manigan, that we have to take such a lonely winding road along the waterfront. Listen, Mr. Blue Beetle, the slightest move and you'll be Mr. Dead Beetle. Oh, yeah? Listen, you're interfering with my work, Patrolman Manigan. So, right off the running board into the river. Have a nice swim for yourself until you cool off. Good night, Detective Manigan. And so the mysterious and thrilling character known as the Blue Beetle, after rounding up a gang of criminals, slips away to let the police take credit for cleaning up the dope racket. The next morning, patrolman Dan Garrett drops in for a visit with Dr. Franz. Well, Danny, I, I see you let the police take all the credit again. Sure. I can't let my buddies down. According to newspaper reports... Your friend Manigan got tossed into the river by some of the gangsters whom he had captured single-handed. So that's his story. Oh, that ain't the way I heard it. <laughs> I bet the Blue Beetle had something to do with it. Well, you'd win your bet. You know, when I met him this morning, he had the sniffles. And he said he caught a cold. 
So I asked him if he'd been in swimming without his sweater. <laughs> and, uh, and didn't he get wise to the swimming gag? Yeah, after a minute. He wanted to know how I knew he'd been in the water. I told him I heard it from one of the boys. Hey, Doc, have you heard the latest news? Why, no, no. Uh, what is it? Well, the authorities have got wind of a plot to sabotage that new army pursuit plane that's being tested tomorrow out of the flying field. Sabotage? That's my speed. Maybe I can get on the detail to the flying field. So long, Doc. I gotta get over to headquarters. Some nation is envious of Uncle Sam's superiority in the manufacture of aircraft. What will happen at the airfield? Will the Blue Beetle be able to uncover this plot in time? Will he be able to run the criminals to earth? Those are all questions which will be answered in the next edition of the Blue Beetle. And now here's the Blue Beetle himself to say a few words. The story you've just heard should teach you the value of never giving up. Sometimes things are pretty tough. But don't ever be discouraged. Whether it's a business task or a school chore, the men and women of today and the men and women of tomorrow should stick to their jobs. You will always find a way out. Something will always turn up. Or a friend will lend a helping hand. Like Dr. Franz in my case. So just keep trying. Fox feature, appearing in Mystery Men Comics magazine. The Blue Beetle is on the air twice a week on this same station. Consult the broadcast schedule in your local newspapers, and don't forget to listen in. upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. The mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. But a true state of the law, in reality, Dan Garrett, a rookie patrolman, loved by everyone but suspected by none of being the Blue Beetle. As the Blue Beetle, he hides behind a strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue chain armor, flexible as silk but stronger than steel. Today's episode of the Blue Beetle is entitled, The Sea Serpent. Rumors have reached the city that a sea serpent has been ravaging the nearby coast. Already, several bodies have been washed ashore. Each of them has borne the mark of a serpent's fangs. What is behind these rumors? Are they true? Is there really a sea serpent ravaging the coast? Or is there a definite plan on foot to frighten people away from the shore resort? As our story opens, Dr. Franz is listening to the radio while dusting the shelves of his little apothecary shop and awaiting the usual morning call of his young friend, Patrolman Dan Garrett, who in secret is really the Blue Beetle. 
complaining about poor business. Not here at Pine Manor Lake. Well, I guess we'll have to keep going. It isn't far to break your city. You'll find plenty of accommodation there. Well, if you're filled up, they'll be too. I hardly think so. They're not doing so well this season. This sea serpent scare seems to be keeping people away from the seashore. But one man's misfortune is another man's gain. We seem to be getting the business that usually goes to the seashore. Is that so? Well, that's very interesting. Tonight, I'm more anxious than ever to get to Breaker's City. Hey, Danny, <laughs> this is a swell room they gave us overlooking the ocean and only four bucks double. Yes, we must be the only guest in the hotel. Hey, the lobby is as dead as a museum after closing hours. How about a bite to eat before we turn in? That's a good idea. Let's go in the coffee shop here. Sir, uh, some java, a piece of apple pie a la mode, and uh, a slice of cheese. Eh? Yours, mister? Uh, well, my friend here is dieting, but I'm hungry. Bring me a glass of hot milk and a toasted roll. For such a husky lad, you're a small eater, Danny. Ah, uh, but what I eat makes muscle. Say, look through that window out there in the boardwalk. Isn't that Joan Mason of the Chronicle? Yeah. Well, she's coming this way. And there's a man following her. Hey, Daddy, come on. Take your hands off that girl. Get girl. Read it, my guy, I'll croak it. You and who else? Drop that gun. Oh, yeah? Well, how do you like this? After him, Daddy. I can't run. He got me in the leg. Is it bad? No, just a flesh wound. Eh? I'd better stay here and look after you and Miss Mason. Oh. oh, Daddy, I was never so glad to see anyone in my life. Are you all right? Yes, but what about Officer Manigan here? He can't walk. I'll be all right if Danny will lend me a shoulder to lean on. Oh, come on, Mike. We'll get you into the hotel and call a doctor. In the morning, we'll send you back to the city, a wounded hero. Okay. But right now, I want that piece of apple pie a la mode with cheese and the cup of java. You say, Joan, you talked with one of the lifeguards who's made several rescues? Yes, I told him I was investigating the sea serpent story for the Chronicle. What did he say? He said that in each case he'd seen... Something that looked like a serpent's tail lash out of the water just before the victim cried for help. Well, have you found anyone else who claims to have seen the sea serpent? No, I haven't. Hmm. That's strange. Yes, isn't it? Where did you pick up this man who was following you? In a restaurant on the boardwalk. He came in while I was eating and followed me when I left. Well, this sea serpent scare is either a practical joker's plan gone haywire, or it's a well-thought-out scheme to ruin the season for Breaker City. Doesn't look like a joke to me. Mr. Downs, the owner of this hotel, is ready to commit suicide. He's losing thousands of dollars every day. Well, you better get some sleep. I'll see you in the morning. What about Manigan? Oh, I'll put him on the train and ship him back to the city. The doc said his wound wasn't serious, but he won't be much help to us here. How about meeting me out on the pier? They're pulling in the net at sunrise, and they may catch a sea serpent. <laughs> I'll be there with some salt for his tail.
they're starting to haul in the net. I'm right with you. Oh, there's Mr. Downs. I want you to meet him. Good morning, Mr. Downs. Oh, hello, Miss Mason. This is Dan Garrett. Beautiful day, sir. Maybe to some people, but not to me. You seem down in the mouth. Uh, you'd be down in the mouth if everything you'd strive for was gradually slipping away from you. I understand you're financially interested in Baker City. I own the Sunset Hotel, for one thing. This sea serpent business is making it tough for you. Tough is not the word. I'm on a special assignment from the New York City Police Department investigating this case. Oh, are you? Well, I certainly hope you can clear up this mystery. It's costing us hotel and concession owners thousands of dollars a day to keep open. There's no business except day excursionists. Well, I'll certainly do what I can. Uh, suppose you and Miss Mason come with me. I, I want you to meet Professor Meredith. He's an authority on fish and such things, and uh, he's in charge here. I'd like to meet him. All right, boys. You can begin hauling in the net. Oh, Professor Meredith. Oh, good morning, Mr. Downs. Uh, good morning. I'd like to have you meet Miss Mason of the Chronicle, Mr. Garrett of the York City Police. Oh, I'm happy to meet you both. Hi. Thank you. Uh, by the way, who's that man standing over there? The one with the dark hair. Oh, that's Fred Nash, one of the lifeguards. Yeah, and he's the man. Yes, I thought I'd seen him before. I beg pardon. Uh, oh, I was just telling Miss Mason uh, how long it'll be before you pull up the net. Oh, they're pulling them up now. In just a moment, we'll discover if our hall contains the sea serpent. All right, men. Bring the net over to here. And keep the sides up. We don't want to lose any faith. Okay. Invested in this beach. If I can bathe here, so can everybody else. I'm going to get it over with. Captain, he's gone crazy with water. Hey, you lifeguard, grab him. Oh, there he goes, right off the pier. I'm going after him. No, Dan. There go the lifeguards. No, Dan. Keep your eyes on them, everybody. I'm going in, too. No, Danny, no. Let's me, Jones. I'm going out in that rowboat under the pier. Look, Mr. Downs is swimming away from the guards. He's a strong swimmer. Whatever made him do it? This thing has played on his mind for a long time. Look, one of the guards is calling for help. One of you men run for the doctor. And phone the lifeguard station for a full morning. Look, Mr. Downs has grabbed the lifeguard and... Something's happened to Downs. He's let go of the lifeguard and is sinking. Hurry, get into the boat. Oh, the has got Mr. Downs. He's got him. I know it. I know it. What is the slimy thing that lurks in the waters off Breaker City? Is it a sea serpent or a poisonous fish? Will Danny solve this mystery? Or will the Blue Beetle have to go into action?
time later at the Breaker City Hospital, Dan Garrett and Joan Mason are waiting outside one of the private rooms for Professor Meredith. How is he, Professor? Mr. Downs is dead. Dead? Yes. Well, didn't the poor mother help him? Mr. Downs didn't die from the effects of submersion. He died from the effect of a poisonous bite. Then you think there were two punctures on Mr. Downs' leg? Like those left by the fangs of a fairly large serpent. No one saw anything in the water. Strange how the effect of that serpent's bite is exactly like the bite of a cobra. The reactions are identical. Could it be a water moccasin? You don't find water moccasins in the ocean. And their venom doesn't work in the same way. It works on the blood. Cobra venom works on the nerve center. Paralyzes the muscles. Controlling the act of breathing. Could it could it be a fish? I hardly think so. No. The punctures were more like those of a fairly large snake. There aren't any cobras that live in the water, are there? The nearest thing I can think of is a serpent which is found in the tropical waters of the Pacific Ocean. But it's never been found in these waters. Hmm. Well, I have found out what I want to know. What are you going to do now? I'm going back to the city to check with my friend Doc Friends may be able to help on this case. When are you coming back? I'm not sure. Well, I think I'll stay a while and see what else I can pick up in this case for my newspaper. Okay, but keep away from those two lifeguards. They're bad medicine. lifeguards of being implicated in these deaths. Yes, I do. I'm convinced of it. What makes you so sure? All the time I was rowing the boat with the two lifeguards and Mr. Downs back to shore, a stone in the poison detector ring was bright yellow. That's the poison in Mr. Downs' body. No. You see, after they took him away, the stone was still yellow. What about the man who tried to abduct Miss Mason and shot Manigan? Didn't he say he resembled one of the guards? He was one of the lifeguards, but I didn't let on. I recognized him. I didn't want to spoil my chances of getting enough evidence to convict him in this larger case by showing my hand in the case of simple assault. Um, very wise, very wise. Well, what are you going to do now? Put on my blue beetle armor and mask and... Uh, I'll answer it. Hello? Patrolman Dan Garrett? Yes. Yes, he's here. It's for you, Danny. Long distance. Long distance. <laughs> Probably Joan Mason. Hello? Oh, hello, Professor Meredith. What? Joan Mason has disappeared? But she hasn't checked out of the hotel? Well, I can't get down there myself, but I'll see that several of our best men are sent down right away. Thanks for calling. Goodbye. What's the trouble, Danny? It looks as if someone had kidnapped Joan Mason. Help me with my Blue Beetle costume, will you, Doc? Why, certainly, Danny, certainly. Uh, where are you going? I'm driving down to Breaker City. But you just told Professor Meredith you weren't coming That's down. That's right. Dan Garrett isn't. But the Blue Beetle is... Pleasanter driving down in the moonlight than it was in the rain. Well, oh, there's somebody walking ahead of me in the road. 
got a long stick and a flashlight. Probably been fishing by moonlight. Want a lift? Oh, thanks, mister. Gee, you're going to a masquerade in that costume? Uh, uh yes. Uh, that's the Blue Beetle. Say, I've heard of the Blue Beetle. You have, huh? What do people say about him? Well, they say he's a crusader against crime and that he's invulnerable. Probably the truth. See, that's swell. Oh, where are you going? Oh, I'm taking a ride in the moonlight. Were you going fishing in the moonlight? No, I'm going home. Oh, I thought that was a fishing rod you had there. No, that's for catching snakes. Here, you, you see the fork stand on it? Oh, yes. Yes, I see it now. What do you do with the snakes? Sell them. Sell them? Mm-hmm. To whom? Oh, a couple of fellas back there in the woods. What do they do with them? Eat them? Eat them? Oh, folks don't eat rattlesnakes. You mean to say you catch rattlesnakes alive and sell them? Sure. Dead rattlers ain't no good to them, folks. Hmm. Say, if I gave you a dollar, do you think you could lead me to the place where these fellows you mentioned live? Well, sure I can. But you don't have to pay me a dollar, mister. I'll take you there for nothing. Okay, son. But you'll get the dollar just the same. I'll turn around at the next crossroad. We'll pay a moonlight visit to your rattlesnake buyers. <laughs> So, Miss Mason, it's very unfortunate for you that you got as far as you did with your investigation. I'm sure your newspaper will miss your valuable services. What are you going to do with me? Make sure you won't disclose the information you have to anyone. You can't get away with this. Oh, you are in error, Miss Mason. We have gotten away with it in the past. We will again. The vacation business has been detoured to Pine Manor Lake. It will still follow that detour after your body is found floating in the ocean. A victim of a poisonous sea serpent. You wouldn't dare. Wouldn't dare? Fred. Joe. Yeah, boss? Suppose we leave Miss Mason with the Rajah there for a while while we step outside. Her education has been neglected. She has never met a six-foot cobra. No! You can't do that! You can't! Raise the lid of his cage and let him... Yes, the blue beetle. And he's going to nip harder than your cobra can strike. Open the cage, Joe. Then dive out the window. I've got the blue beetle covered with this gun. Save your bullets. You can't injure the blue beetle. Is that so, wise guy? Well, how do you like this? Oh. Let that be a lesson to you. Never telegraph your punches. Back up, you blue beetle. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, well, how do you like this blue beetle? A rattlesnake around your neck. <laughs> You're a fool. No snake can bite through this chain armor. Here. I give it back to you. Ah, take him off, take him off. He'll kill me, he'll kill me. Uh, you're take yellow when you're cornered, you murderous crook. Oh, oh. Look out, Blue Beetle. Don't tell the King Cobra's cage. Get me out of here. Take him off. Get me out of here. I'll paralyze him with my magic ray. Oh. 
There. That'll hold him for a while. Now for the one around your neck, Slavitt. There. I should have let you die the agonizing death some of your victims have died. <laughs> I'm bitten. I'm poisoned. I'm going to die. By poison, Slavitt. The law will take care of you in the proper manner. Here, Miss Mason. Give me a hand. We'll handcuff these lifeguards to the snake's cages. They're still unconscious. Now, put these snakes back in their cages. There. You certainly have a powerful punch, Blue Beetle. I need that power. Now, Mr. Slavitt, we'll take care of you. Keep them away from me. Keep the snakes away from me. Here, get in this room here. What are you going to do with me? Don't let them at me. Here, get up on this chair and climb up onto those rafters. Oh, I can't. Now, I'll just pull the King Cobra's box over here, under you, and open the lid. Then we'll shut the door and let the Cobra guard you till the police arrive. I don't think you'll try to escape. Come on, Miss Mason. I'll drop you off at your hotel. You can phone a front-page scoop to your paper. And the heading will be Sea Serpent Hoax Exposed. Murderous racket smashed by the Blue Beetle. But, Danny, uh, how did the lifeguards operate? They couldn't take the cobra into the water with them. No, they, they extracted the poison from his poison sacks. Used it in two hypodermic needles taped together. The hypodermic syringes were small and easily concealed in the palm of their hands. But when did they inject the poison into their victims? As they rescued them. If some poor devil was taken with a cramp and called for help, the lifeguards would swim off or roll out to him. Then when they got to him, they'd put their twin needles in him and give him a shot of poison. Those points made a double incision. Then they'd bring him into shore to die a painful death from cobra venom. Well, what were the rattlesnakes used for? To feed the cobras. Professor Meredith told me that. Oh, I see. Well, how do you account for the stories of people actually seeing the sea serpent? Oh, they let their imaginations run riot after the lifeguard started the serpent story. Mm, I see. And you got your first clue from the poison detector ring I gave you? Yes, Doc. It was your gift to me that... Really saved the businessmen of Breaker City from ruination. Well, you did a good job, Danny. Yes, but I'm glad it's over. I never liked snakes. I'll fight them whether they crawl on their bellies or walk on two feet. And so another fiendish racket was smashed by the Blue Beetle. What will Dan Garrett's next assignment be? Where will the Blue Beetle strike next in his crusade against the underworld? These questions will be answered in the next episode of The Blue Beetle. copyrighted Fox feature appearing in Mystery Men Comics Magazine on sale at your newsstand. The Blue Beetle is on the air twice a week on this same station. 
Consult the broadcast schedule in your local newspapers. And don't forget to listen in. Well, I hope you enjoyed this little break from our usual show. I always like uncovering these radio shows. Uh, the Blue Beetle was a new one for me, and I'm happy to have had the opportunity to discover and listen to some episodes. It's a series I'll revisit. If I was going to give this series an Othel rating, I'd actually give it a four. I really enjoyed them, and I thought they were really good. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Lydia and I will be back next month to discuss 1931's The Front Page. So I hope you're looking forward to that. And you got a little bit more time to go and watch the movie maybe before you hear us talk about it and spoil anything. Thanks very much, everyone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>